0: Well, good evening. I'm excited to welcome you all to the Wednesday night series, United, uh, that was going to coincide um, with our Sunday morning series for the next few weeks. Uh, I've, I've subtitled this series, Expressions of Love, and it came from something Randy just mentioned in his uh, one of his closings of the, of the uh, sermons on Sunday when he was talking about this this series, he talked about something about the intentionality is an expression of love. And I thought, when I heard that, I said, that's what we need to talk about. That's what the title of this series needs to be. And because we're going to look at three expressions of love. This week, we're going to look at intentionality. We have the Cordys here with us uh, who are going to help us talk, about, talk through that. Next week, we're going to look at grace. And we have the clouds. They're going, to, they're going to come up and share that with us. And then the last week, we're going to look at commitment and the way they're going to come and share some stories about them as well. Now, some of the specific applications w- will be towards uh, married couples. But with intentionality and with grace and with um, commitment, to think that those, those three things only apply to marriages is a, is a, is a grave mistake. Because each of those three things, each of those three expressions of love—intentionality, grace, and commitment—they have a wide range of application in a variety of human relationships. So, if you would pray with me and pray for me uh, in this in this series uh, as we begin tonight, Father, we thank you. Um, that you were intentional in seeking us out. That you emptied yourself and took on the form of a servant becoming in the likeness of man that you may restore us to relationship with you. Father, thank you for making us alive in Christ. Father, I pray over the the marriages in this room and in this church. I pray that you would strengthen those marriages by your grace and your power. Lord, I pray for those who are not married in this room and in this church. I pray that that you would use this series in their their life stage to secure a greater devotion to you and that they would leverage their season for the greater good of the kingdom. Intentionally seeking out the lost. Showing grace to those who wronged them. Being committed to the gospel and your people. What I pray over this time for this would not be about me, or Stephen and Karen, or anyone else, this would be about you. For you are deserving of all praise and all glory forever and ever. Amen. So intentionality is, uh, has been a fun thing to, to look, about, look at and be challenged with this week as, as I've been studying. It's funny because I get to study a lot of things and, and realize, man, I, there's still so much that I need to apply to my own uh, lives and marriages. And um, or marriage, and, um, <laughs> and it's been um, a reproving week, to be honest with you, as I've been studying this and, and just realizing the importance of intentionality and also the difficulty of being intentional. Uh, because it, no matter what life stage you're in or how busy you think you are or not, intentionality is still a struggle. The answer to being intentional, or if you if you're struggling with intentionality, the answer is not more time. It doesn't really matter how much time you have, with how intentional you are. You could have five minutes, or you could have five hours, and still not leverage that time in an intentional way. So if you if you if you think that you're you're struggling to um, to be intentional, and you think, if I just had more time, then it would be better. I want to just go ahead, and at the very beginning, reframe that, and, and be honest, and say, more time is not the answer. It's a transformation that comes from the in, inside of how we view time that we have been given, because there's varied seasons of busyness in this life, and, it, and there's, always, there's always going to be something. There's always, no matter what life stage you're in, there's always going to be something that's going to be pulling away from your, from your time. And intentionality helps us to make the most of our time, which is how I'm just simply defining intentionality, is just making the most of the time that you have with someone. Because whether you have three kids who are running around or four kids and you're struggling just to get them to the practices or you're struggling to get them in bed just so you can have a breath of, time from 8 to 8.30 before you pass out by 8.45, or whether you have no kids in the home, they've all moved on and gone to college, and you got four hours in the evenings when you come home, but your routines are established to where you know, it's, you're you watching this TV show or this new show, and, 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 and she's doing this in the kitchen, or he's doing this in the yard, or we just kind of get in this pattern of life where we can struggle to be intentional with one another. Or maybe you're both retired, and it's still a struggle. No matter where you are in your life stage, the enemy is going to try to make you not be intentional, one, with your spouse, but two, with the ministry opportunities that are around you, regardless if you're married or not. So if you want to look with me at the text for for today, it's Ephesians five. Uh, 8 and 9, but the focus is going to be 15 through 16. The text in your handout is in the CSB just because I, I like the way the wording was a little bit, I thought it communicated a little bit more clearly. But if you look at Ephesians 5, 8 and 9, it says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness and truth pay careful attention. This is verse 15 and 16. This is where we're going we're to focus in tonight. Pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. And there's a good framework that I want to set up right here is that and this is something I want us to be very clear on as as we go about this, is a godly marriage doesn't come through you being more intentional or you showing showing more grace or you um, being more committed. A godly marriage only comes through the transformation that Jesus Christ can bring. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, I can do nothing. If we seek to do this and just say, all right, I'm going to go out of here and I'm going to be more of this, be more of this in your own strength, you will fail every time. And that's one of the first quick points I want to have to say is if Christ has not transformed you and transferred you into a, from darkness into light, then you will not be able to truly express love to one another through intentionality, grace, or commitment. We all need Christ. So, why Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 is so important. It says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Really, it's just kind of looking at Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is kind of the, 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 one of the climaxes in Ephesians. And everything after Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is how that grace that has saved us impacts our life. It's an outflow of the gospel. Every one of these expressions of love is meant to be an outflow of the transformation that Christ has already worked in you. So if Christ hasn't worked that in you, or if if you're not relying on him continually, then everything that we talk about is just going to be a moot point. Because if Christ isn't the one who is at the center and the bedrock of your marriage... That no amount of human effort that you put in there is going to is going to truly last. It's going. It's not going to be a truly a true expression of love, because God is love, and apart from Him we can do nothing. And then another quick point before we start, I want us to be very clear too: is that Christ is not a means to the end of a better marriage. Christ is not the means to the end of a better marriage. Christ will gladly transform your marriage, but not for the sake of a better marriage in and of itself, but so that that he might receive more glory through your transformed marriage. The end is not your marriage, but it is his glory. The the transformed marriage is supposed to reflect better the truths of the gospel and the transforming power that Christ can bring. It is not about... You come to Christ, you get a better marriage. That's the prosperity gospel. Christ will transform your marriage and it will be better. But it doesn't mean it won't be it won't be difficult. It doesn't mean it doesn't take work. But it is through the transforming power of his gospel and it is for his glory. His glory is the end, not your marriage. So with those two frameworks in mind, let's look at this idea of intentionally. And I want us to think of this this main point is that because God has made us alive in Christ, we live intentionally with others, especially our spouses, by making the most of our time with them. So this applies to all human relationships, but especially our spouses. We're supposed to live intentionally with others. And And if we look at... In Ephesians verse 15 and 16, it says, Pay careful attention to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. And that's our first point is simply this, is that we are to pay attention to how you live because intentionality does not come naturally. Intentionality does not come naturally. Just think about it everything in this world that this, this culture has to offer, which I enjoy, some, some, of, some of the things that can take away from intentionality, like TV or movies or different things. I'm not saying that those, everything like that is bad. Some of it is bad. But the natural progression of our days is not to be intentional with other people. In fact, it's, it's the opposite. We distance ourselves From others, we turn our minds off. We go to work, we stay in our cubicle, we have small talk with people, we go home, we eat dinner, we're just chasing the kids around, trying to really just pacify. We put the kids to bed, we turn the TV on, and we're in bed without having any kind of intentional moment with another human being on this planet. It doesn't just happen if you have kids if you have no kids that same natural progression is meant to fill your time and to keep you from making the most of the time with someone else it's all the days are evil god says in his word before you know it a month could go by and you don't and you and you haven't been intentional with anybody and it, it, if you think that it can't happen it can especially today with smartphones with social media, with TV, with just life in general. Intentionality is something that takes careful attention. We have to pay careful attention to how we live, not as the unwise, but as the wise, because the days are evil. So as we pay attention to how we live, we recognize that intentionality does not come naturally, so we must take a choice that, hey, we will be intentional, and we do that by making the most of your time. Most of the time, You make the most of the time that you have with your spouse. You make the most of the time that you have with your spouse. What does that look like? Well, he's, one thing that I kind of keyed in on is walk as the wise, not as the unwise. I've been doing a lot of reading in 1 Kings. Recently, And you, you see the King Solomon uh, in, in those readings. And he's described as the wisest man uh, to ever live out, apart from Jesus. Uh, and that's still potentially a stretch. He wrote the book, most of the book of Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. He had a lot of wise sayings about him. But he was ultimately, in the end, he revealed himself to be foolish in many ways. And that the wisdom that Christ brought was um, superior in every way. But in Ecclesiastes, after Solomon had exhausted his time in, in this world, he's looking back at the end of his life, seemingly from a place of repentance. He's had more money than, than you, you can ever dream of. I mean, he's bringing in like 24,000 tons of gold a year. Uh, the, the number like that is just astronomically high. It's like, doesn't even exist. Um, he could solve the U.S. debt problem uh, by himself. He had more women he could, than he could ever have. He, he had freedom to do whatever he wanted to. He, he had a, a mansion. He, I mean, he was, a, he was a king. I mean, he was, everything that the world says you need to have, he had. But in Ecclesiastes 9, after years of adultery and just completely departing from God's word, listen to what he says in Ecclesiastes 9.9. 9. He says, Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun because that is your portion in life and your toil at which you toil under the sun. He says, Enjoy life with your wife. After all that, after all this years, he's, he's, he's recognizing the futility of what he pursued, and he, he urges people to enjoy life with your wife. Sidney Grudena says this, Enjoyment of God's gifts in the proper context, in the proper way that it's supposed to be done, not elevating them to idols, but Enjoying them in the way that they're supposed to be enjoyed—that brings glory to God—is an expression of our gratitude to Him. So I want us just to um, take a moment and answer these two questions. You can write it down. You can look at. You can talk with your spouse, um, and I want you to answer these questions: What do you enjoy doing with your spouse, and what do you wish that you did more of? So just take a couple minutes write those answers down. You're not going to be able to talk through that in a lot of different ways um, tonight in the, in the two minutes that you're going to have. So I encourage you to keep these notes and then take them home and continue this conversation throughout this week. So what do you enjoy doing with your spouse? And what do you wish you did more of? Ecclesiastes is a great book, uh, by the way, uh, especially for our, our culture. It's a, um, it, it, can, it can be depressing if you take it out of context and you don't view it in light of the redemptive history of, 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 of what God is doing in this world, but it helps us to realize, more than any book in the world, the futility that the things of this world brings and the superior nature of what is found in Christ. Uh, over and over again, and this is just one verse, uh, like I said, um, if you're not married in this, in this group, um, there's other verses that he talks about how to enjoy life in other ways than just with your spouse. He talks about doing it through your work and then many other ways just to enjoy life in the context that God has provided. Uh, so that's the first way that we make most of our time with our spouses is that we enjoy, our, we enjoy life together second thing we do is that we engage your spouse. We engage our spouses sacrificially in ministry, in service. We engage them sacrificially. So that's the only example that we're going to look at from Solomon. And I, like I said, I want to look at who the Bible says is the better Solomon. Jesus as the example for how we should live together as, as husbands and wives. Uh, obviously, Jesus was not married. Um, but there's principles that you, we see in his character and his love that he shows to people that can absolutely be applied and should be applied uh, to our marriages. And one of those is in Mark 6, 34 through 34. We don't have these scriptures on the screen, but they're in your handout. So John the Baptist had just died. Um, the, the disciples had been sent out on a mission trip, and now they are just now returning. And it says, The apostles returned to Jesus, and they told him all that they had done and taught. Anybody know what happens right after this? Large crowd that meets him out in the wilderness, about 5,000, and he feeds them with the bread and fish. But the context of this event that takes place is something that has caught my eye on more than one occasion. He, he, the purpose of them going to that wilderness was to rest. They had just come back from a mission trip, and the Bible says that they, had, they were so busy... And they were so exhausted because they had they didn't have any time to just to sit and eat. That's how many people were coming through. Jesus recognized that, that were, they needed some rest, so he pulls away with them to rest. They were exhausted, they were physically tired. Yet when they get there, what happens? They they've been trying, they've had their, their mind that they're gonna rest, and they get to where they were going, and what finds them? More work, more ministry. How often do we come home after whatever it is we've been doing, maybe a day's hard work, we're exhausted, we've been doing a lot, and we're just looking to get some rest. But then we come in the door, and we're not met with rest, but we're met with chaos. This needs fixing, these kids need this, this person needs this, and you don't find rest at home. But more work. I wish I could say that every time that that happens to me, which is often, that I responded as Jesus did, with compassion and with intentionality. But that scenario happens all the time. We have something in our head that's going to be our weekend. We're going to get this project done. I've went to Lowe's. I've got all the tools that I need to do. I've got everything that I need to do. And then some, something comes up, and your plans get changed. And it's in that moment where we make the most of our time with our spouse by engaging them sacrificially. Tiredness is not an excuse to to neglect the ministry that takes place each day in your home. Being tired and exhausted and worn out is not an excuse to neglect the ministry that takes place each day in the home. If you're a husband or a parent your primary ministry is to your wife and your children than to others. That's who you're primarily called to make disciples to. To wash with the, the word is the family. Being a dad, a wife, a mom, a husband that points your, your spouse and your kids to the Lord is the ministry that you're called to do day in and day out in the home. That is your your ministry. Part of it, at least. That is, that is part of your ministry. That's why when Paul, in First Corinthians 7, he's talking about singleness and how that if you're... You, if you're married, you have this divided ministry that you have. You have your home. You have to devote ministry to the home, and then to others. Whereas if, if they're single, then they can devote fully ministry to the others. That's that's this idea that here is that your your family is your primary ministry, in the home. And being tired, as though we, as much as we would want to make it as an excuse not to be engaged, much as we would like to just sit down. He'd turn the TV on or just go out and do a project mindlessly for a few hours and then come in. As much as we would like to do that, that's not what God has called us to do. That's not what Jesus did. They were exhausted. They didn't even have time to eat. And when they get there, 5,000 people or more are waiting on them, warning people to minister to them. And Jesus had compassion. And he did not use exhaustion is as an, as an excuse to neglect the ministry that he was called to. So I want us just to briefly look at this question. When are you most tired? We're not gonna take any time on this. I just want you to think on this. Is When are you most tired? And I want you to think through your daily routines and habits and examine yourself honestly, talk with your spouse about what they feel and confess and repent of any sins and ask God to give you his compassion and his intentionality. I tell you, it's so easy to just to want to pull away and just turn that mind, that mind off. But I want to challenge you and I want to challenge myself because this is, out of all the points in this, this is the one that is, is in my face convicting me the most. Engage your spouse, your kids, sacrificially. Be intentional with that time when you get home, even when you're tired. Making the most of your time is going to require sacrifice. It doesn't come naturally, remember? It requires sacrifice. And then the next thing I want to look at is go out of your way to build the relationship with your spouse. Go out of your way to build the relationship with your spouse. And this just comes from the example of the incarnation itself. Look at Philippians 2, 5-7. through 7. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. And it goes on to say, and he became obedient even to the point of death, death on the cross. The intentionality that Jesus showed to restore the relationship that we, that we had broken from us um, by our sin, he went out of his way he was in the form of God, but he emptied himself and took on the form of a slave, a servant, becoming a man. It's the ultimate picture of love. God became a man and died a man's death so that he could restore his enemies to a rightful relationship with him through faith and repentance. That's the intentionality. That's the the, the, the focus that we are supposed to, to have in our relationships, not only with our spouses, but with the loss that are around us, with those at our are, are, are work, we're supposed to go out of our way to build that relationship with those people. So I want us to just think through this question, and we're not going to have time for you guys to, to sit and walk, work through all of these, but what are some ways for you and your spouse to build your relationship in the coming weeks and months? Here are four suggestions that come from a Gospel Coalition article that I want to apply to my life, so I wanted to share it with you guys. Sync up meetings, basically just a five-minute meeting at the end of the night if it's been a crazy. This is primarily for those with three kids, two kids, one you know one kid maybe, um, young kids. You're just crazy all the time. It's just a busy season of life. It's good just to have that five minutes at the end of the day just to kind of reconnect and talk about. Those things, even if it's just for a few minutes. I mean, I think we saw that already in, in Stephen and Karen's video. Second thing, pray together. Um, learn new things together. Be ordinary together. Go to the grocery store together. Do errands. Just do life together. Those are some suggestions that he gives. I gave a link to the, uh, the article if you want to read it in whole. Um, but those are some ways. So I want you to just take some time and just to think through this question. We don't have time in this, in this session but to think through this question, what are some ways for you and your spouse to build your relationship in the coming weeks and months? Write those out, talk about these things, and then pursue those things. Go out of your way to build the relationship with your spouse. Because people change over time. People change over time, and, and, and you learn each other as time goes on. And even just in the past 18 months with Taylor and I, you know, Going from being newly married, no kids, to still newly married, one kid, one kid on the way, our relationship dynamic is completely different. What served Taylor well a year and a half ago isn't necessarily the same. What Taylor liked a year and a half ago is definitely not the same as what she likes now. Learn, people. Go out of your way to continue to build this relationship with your spouse. That's one way that we make the most of our time. And the last thing is ask God for his wisdom. It says to, to, to live and walk as the wise, not as the unwise. And we know that James 1, 5 through 7 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. If it takes wisdom to be intentional, then ask God for his wisdom. Because the Bible says he gives it generously to all who ask in faith. Because we need him. Because remember, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. We need him, and we need his wisdom, which comes through his word, through the Holy Spirit that dwells within you and me, in every aspect that applies to every aspect of our life and ministry, especially marriage. You can, like I said, these apply to marriage, but these apply to so many more relationships uh, and spheres of your life than just marriage. Intentionality for someone who wants to be to make a gospel impact in this world, intentionality is a must. And these same principles can apply as you seek to be missional in whatever context you're in. So pay careful attention because you know intentionality is not going to come naturally. The days are evil. Know that up front. Your day, your schedule, your habits, your routines are working against you. Rethink those things. That's what part of the forty days was. Uh, I was about was was challenging those routines, those habits that draw that naturally just draw us away from the Lord. Does it come naturally? And then make the most of your time by enjoying your time with your spouse, engaging them in a sacrificial way, going out of your way to build that relationship and then asking God for his wisdom. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we just ask that you would give us your wisdom. Oh God, we need you. Lord, I pray that you would raise up people who are intentional not only in their marriages but in their workplace, in their, at the ball field, in every aspect of their life that are they're intentional to bring your love, your gospel to others. Lord, we ask all this in your name. Amen. So I'm going to ask Stephen and Karen to come up, and I want to just hear from them a little bit and hear, and hear how um, God has been working in their life, revealing to them the importance of uh, intentionality. Uh, so y'all come on, grab y'all's mics, um, and we'll get... There it is. So Karen, you go ahead and introduce yourself since you got the mic first. Okay,
1: um... Teach third grade at Euro Brown Elementary. Um, this is my 13th year to teach school, and Stephen and I are about to celebrate our 12th wedding anniversary.
0: Wow.
2: Been together for over
0: 16 years. <laughs> wow, 16 years. So tell us a little bit about you alls story. How did y'all? How did y'all meet? How did y'all get to know each other? Those kind of things. I know y'all's first date was the Green Mile. We saw that in the video. Yes. Um, that's an interesting movie to, to pick for a first date. Have you seen it? Did you see it before, or did you just go at yeah. it blind? Yeah,
2: it had just come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we started dating our junior year yes. of high school, and I um, guess we dated for a couple months. And,
1: yes. and Stephen told me he wanted to just be friends,
0: <laughs> and broke my heart. Oh, man.
1: But um, <laughs> we
2: got, then We got
0: back together. Oh, we're good. Year, um, we went <laughs> to <the> different <laughs> high schools,
1: high school we
2: were both going to auburn and um, started dating again and dated off through auburn um, we got engaged um, the night before we graduated from auburn and um yeah. <laughs> so how we
1: ended up in gadsden is still just yeah. crazy we yeah we
2: didn't grow up in gadsden gadsden was not on our radar whatsoever we didn't I know think anybody I've been here before from gadsden, so um, <laughs> when I finished at Auburn I had to do a internship I was a nutrition a nutrition and food science major and there were two places <clears throat> that I could complete one was UAB and one was in Huntsville mm-hmm. so I was I signed up for the one in, at UAB I wasn't guaranteed to get it but <clears throat> that was our plan and um, lo and behold I got Huntsville you know, yeah. exactly where I didn't want to go so anyways um, doing that led us to Gadsden in some crazy way uh, with a job at Gadsden Regional as a registered dietitian. His first job
1: and yeah. first college degree but led Some us people here. look at <laughs>
2: me and said, you were a registered dietitian. But, um,
0: <laughs>
2: well. um, so then I had the, the bright idea to go, go back, back to school. So I went back to nursing school, and we... Um, Found out we were expecting our first child. Right. We have three, but that was our first. Okay, it was end of first semester, right before finals. So you know, we uh, Madison was born. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, got a job back in Gaston. Um, had a job at the hospital and worked for eighteen months, maybe, yeah. and then had a the crazy idea to. Go back to school again. <laughs> so I decided to apply to the anesthesia school. And, and I
1: or we both discussed and prayed about and talked about wanting to have another child. And, of course, at his interview for anesthesia school, they were like, we don't really recommend any major life events. Well, he got accepted, and I found out I was expecting our second daughter. I
0: know um, what that feels like. Yes, I know.
1: So um, <laughs> that was, we feel like, you know, one of the most
2: trying times in our marriage was when we had two young children and he was a full-time student. Um, with living, a on, living off one income and student loans. And I had to put all my focus and attention into school. It was a very demanding um, field of study. So I felt you know, guilty because I wasn't given Karen and the kids yeah. 100%. You know, when I got home, like you said, being tired, I was exhausted after <laughs> yeah. driving to, to Sanford every day and studying and worrying about tests. And so that was a very um, that was a very tough time in our marriage, um, financially and um, spiritually, and everything <laughs> else. It, was, it was very trying. So,
0: yeah. Well, what, um, I was going to ask, what made y'all discover the importance of t- intentionality there in that time?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> So we, I graduated May of 14 and ended up getting a job in Aniston at RMC. So now I'm driving from Gadsden to Aniston every day. But.
1: I think to help us um, discover the importance, I, I, when we were discussing this, I think back to like before we even had children and it was so much easier to be intentional, you know? I mean, we, we got home from our day and... We plan to move everything together, um, and obviously, you know, you would get in a routine or get comfortable. But now that we have children—three—we have we mentioned Madison, our first; she just turned nine. Avery will be six this month, and then we have Michael, who's almost nineteen months old. So um, I feel like the importance of intentionality has changed throughout mm-hmm. our marriage. Like you were saying with yeah. you guys over the last eighteen months. Um, but definitely um, since we got children.
2: It's so easy, like you said, it's so easy to get into a routine. And, you know, our relationship has evolved over, you know, when we were newlyweds to, you know, marrying with no children and then having kids in and school. And, um, but it's so easy to get into a, just a routine and, you know, just do the same things over and over. And you, you miss out on so much.
0: Um, so what helps you break that routine
2: um, I guess once I you know just going through all the struggles that we had you know day in and day out you know having money to pay a certain bill financial struggles
1: were definitely the hardest that we had to
2: communicate through that you know once I graduated and things got back to like a I wouldn't say normal but um, normal. Yeah. um through 10, we just we started you know kind of rediscovering each other and spending more time with each other and um, you know getting closer to God. Um, I remember the pastor at my church growing up at Westwood Baptist Church in Forsdale, Cecil Sewell, and when he did our premarital counseling, he married us. I remember him saying um, you know, you have to think uh, Karen and I like a triangle almost that we're at the two lowest points and he said always pursue God and the closer you get to God the closer you get to each other and that was always stood out to me and it's true I mean we over the past four years three to four years we've more intentional with our relationship with God and um, with each other and we've seen in, e- in each other drastic changes just in how we approach things and how, you know I used to come home from work and I have to experience some really unfortunate things at work um, mm. that people have to go through and, you know some days I just come home and I don't want to talk about it you know, I don't yeah. want to bring that home and have her worry about something so I, I would tend to keep things you know, to myself and I wasn't communicating well so, and that led to a lot of issues and once I became better about talking and communicating and, and finding out what, you know, she needs and
0: Things just got so much better. Yeah. Well, in, in the midst of that time, we talked a lot about just, you know, a little bit about briefly in, enjoying life together. At, in the midst of that crazy, that, that craziness, the, the difficulty at work and, you know, being in, you know, working in a hospital and, and teaching and different things, what are some ways that y'all have just enjoyed, have, have sought to enjoy life together in the midst of that? You know, three kids, crazy schedules, crazy jobs. How do y'all, how do y'all enjoy life together?
1: have Some kind of conversation, but on a, on a bigger scale, I guess it's like a plan dates and try to, um, you know, get babysitters and you know, just devote some time to the two of us. And um, but mainly just trying to, to talk more, we just feel like communication's been yeah. so important um, as our kids that's very busy. <laughs> we, um, like Stephen said, have tried to grow uh, more and talking about our day and
2: something that's bothering us or, you know, great yeah, things that Just happens. sitting down at night, like, Karen makes this amazing fruit parfait night. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. And, like, the kids will be asleep, hopefully. Yeah. On a good night. <laughs> and we'll just sit down and just talk about our day. I mean, nothing, I mean, just, just to be able to sit down and... Kind of talk about our next day and you
1: know what Disney Junior usually still on, yeah.
2: <laughs> but those those times, I've seen a lot of growth.
0: Yeah, and, and, and communication is just such an important aspect of intentionality, and it's one that it really applies to so many different age ranges because it, it you know y'all's communication struggles are business, but someone else's communication struggle could can be, can be totally different. Mm-hmm. Yet that is still part of what God's calling them to, to do in, in being more intentional together and just enjoying each other in a way uh, that comes through just that deeper conversation that's, that takes, you know, a little bit more effort to, to produce. Uh, I think that's really cool that God is, has kind of worked that in y'all, and I think that's going to prove to be very fruitful throughout y'all's lives. Um, so what are, um, I guess we talked talk about exhaustion, how that can just kind of hinder... Those things, but does, um, how does prayer play its part in in this, in y'all's fight for um, intentionality with one another? How does you know we talked about asking God for His wisdom? How do y'all, how else have y'all seen prayer uh, impact this expression of love in y'all's relationship?
2: Yeah, so, um, praying again. That, and
0: I think that has been a very a key factor in our relationship yeah. In our. Um, yeah. One the question about praying together can seem kind of very intimidating thing to do. Would y'all mind just telling us a little bit about y'all's practice of praying together and what that looks like and in about you know just kind of generally what that looks like.
1: Like we we end with our prayer. Yeah. Like, so maybe it's during that quick five minutes of time that we, um, you know, share things that are on our heart, or maybe it's something that we um, pulled out from the daily readings that we try to do every day. (laughs) Um, And we um, kind of start with that. So I guess it's necessarily talking to each other, and then we kind of turn it over to the Lord through prayer together. And and we also try to do that with our kids. So yeah. um, kind of talk about their day, talk about if something's bothering them, or, you know, and then we kind of bring it back together. Do so, you have anything <laughs> concerning the other lady? Anything else we do?
2: <laughs> uh, I just think that it's, it's in, improved our relationship on so many levels. Just talking to each other and praying for each other together. There it is, yeah. So I think the power of prayer has been
1: huge. And also going back to the decisions he was sharing earlier about going back to school and the struggles we went through, mm-hmm. um, you know, we would be um, in a financial struggle or just you know, having a hard time and God would provide. You know, um, it's crazy how, you know, teacher salary and those student loans and... Just, you know, the expense of raising a family, it, it catches up with you. And just, you know, we, I feel like, um, had a lot of good, um, like, prayer time that led to, you know, those experiences not being so hard. So. Okay.
0: Well, is there anything else, like, maybe we haven't talked about that y'all seen, like, oh, this is a great way to be intentional uh, any other ways uh, or expressions of that that y'all have been able to kind of latch on to and, and kind of apply to y'all's relationship?
1: You get asked to speak. about will be your relationship. No, we, um, I guess, um, we actually joined Meadowbrook six, almost six years ago, and it was when Stephen was going back to school.
2: Not many people know this, but <clears throat> Karen grew up Methodist. We uh, uh,
1: we actually, all of our our children came through the weekday program, and so um, we had friends that invited us, but, you know, through those six years, if we look back, God brought us here to Meadowbrook um, through what I feel like have been the hardest parts of our marriage. And so, um, you know, to, I think, really building up and to getting us here, sitting up here. I mean, this is definitely out of our comfort zone, and um, we, we did the renewal, Stephen did a D group, and I'm a part of one now. I just feel like so many things have um, helped us Damn. grow with our relationship through Christ, which have shown so much in our marriage. So.
0: Good. I'm sure the relationships that y'all had in y'all's life group has been... Yes, in our life group. Yeah, yes, life group. Definitely. Join a life group if you're not in a life group. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, that's so awesome, I, and that's why, and that's one of the things that um, is just, is so cool about you know, church church membership. Getting engaged in that community of life group, d group, the the life of the church. Just Wednesday, these Wednesday Wednesday night groups is we help each other. We we truly do. I mean, um, our, our, the, so many people's life groups—they've been described to me as it's like their family. It's like they they pour into one another. They're they're there together. They they go through those things and they and they help each other uh, in this walk with with Christ. And and they've they've been a place for y'all two to connect and and they've helped y'all to be more intentional with one another, which I think is really cool. Uh, So my last question is, is, and it's just a simple question, is what difference has intentionality made in y'all's marriages, and what would you encourage uh, people here tonight with?
2: So, like I said earlier, you know, being intentional is, selfishly, for me, for parents, and you know, doing things and not expecting things in return. You yeah. um, know, so just genuinely uh, loving her, and uh, like I said, I think it's important to to be intentional and just go to. Point to uh, communicate with your spouse,
1: and um, I just I feel like the difference with us is like the joy it brings you. Mm. Like I mean, love is I mean, if the love that Christ shows us, and if, if it's the center of your marriage, like you just you have I don't know it can bring you such joy. And I see that when I see Stephen, and when I see our children, and um, so I think with any relationship. Um, you know, I, I teach, so I deal with lots of families and other children and, you know, every morning just being intentional and knowing, you know, when I leave him and I, look, you know, take my children everywhere, it, has, it can't end, yeah. you know, just like you were saying early with, earlier with family. Um, but that, it, conti- it spills over, I feel like. You're okay. being intentional with your walk with Christ and then it's in your marriage hopefully other people will also, you'll build relationships that
0: way too. Yeah, I think that's a great progression that y'all just hit on, is intentional, intentionally pursuing Christ, which overflows into your marriage, which overflows into the rest of your relationships. Um, and really, it's just you intentionally pursuing Christ, and that just overflows into the entirety of y'all's life. Well, that's cool, so... Thanks, Stephen and Karen. You'll give them a big hand. It's, it's a lot. Um, I'm so glad uh just to get to hear from them. They're a great couple and oh yeah, yeah, you can just leave it on, it'd be it'll be fun. Um they've invited Taylor and I uh into their home and it's just been uh it, that was an experience, it was great. Uh and just have have been just a great couple just <laughs> to uh to be with and I, I think that y'all really just highlighted some some really cool things just about the importance of communication uh, and being intentional to do that. And that's something that young, old, in the middle, it, it doesn't come easily. So thank y'all. Y'all can y'all, can, y'all have to stay up here with me the whole time. I was just um but so next week we're gonna have the clouds with us and they're gonna be talking about grace. So I really hope that you can be become from that. I hope um that that, you're, that you saw the importance to be intentional uh, not only just with your spouse, but with all your relationships, primarily your relationship with the Lord and then letting, that, letting Him transform your other relationships. One thing I wanted to highlight, we have some of these uh, in the back. Uh, tomorrow is a uh, national day of prayer. Uh, so we have these um, pamphlets, and the, the prayer theme seems to be um, it's unity. It's unity praying for our country, God uh, instructs us to pray for our leaders. Uh, Randy, you, you shared uh, with us just a few weeks ago after your trip is to be praying for specifically those who are believers in Congress and, and that there's a remnant of, of people who are righteous in pursuing the Lord or who have been made righteous by the Lord and who are pursuing him. And so pray tomorrow for the leaders of this country, specifically for those who are Christians and that they would have a, a gospel impact among the leaders, and that we would be unified as a country, because we're pretty divided right now, just to be honest, um, and it, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Uh, to help with that, we got these like these pamphlets. Uh, the mod, the mods out there, mod one, it will be open from eight to five, and there'll be some some of these pamphlets in there. And if you just at some point during the day just wanted to come by and just pray in that. Uh, mod one, as you go up the ramp, it's the first one on your left. It, and just at some point during the day, we'll just have it just open just for you guys to come in and pray uh, if, if that's something that you wanted to have a place just to pull away for a few minutes and just pray uh, for our country. So that's tomorrow. Uh, Sunday, we're going to have another uh, great message from Randy uh, in our United series. So I, I look forward to uh, seeing you then. So let's, let's pray real quick and then we'll head out. Father, thank you for. Um, your word uh, lord may we may you give us the strength and the wisdom to pay careful attention to how we live uh, so that we don't do it as the unwise but as the wise and that we make the most of our time that we have on this earth however however brief it is lord we recognize how brief our time is on this earth may we make the most of every second of it not for our glory but for yours. In Jesus' name I pray.